Well, this, this season of Lent, we're spending our Sundays uh, taking a look at how Jesus spent his final week before he died on the cross. So we've made it to Thursday, which is the day before he died. This was a big weekend that was coming up in Jerusalem. There were a lot of people in town. Um, It was a holiday weekend. The city was filled with tourists and spiritual pilgrims and vendors to feed everybody. It was just one of those weekends in which the population of Jerusalem probably doubled. This included Jesus and his disciples. They were in Jerusalem for the Passover holiday as well. See, Jesus' ministry uh, headquarters was about 70 miles north of Jerusalem near the Sea of Galilee. So they were staying with friends uh, outside of town in a little village uh, called Bethany. And if you were here last, sun, uh, last Sunday, we talked about what happened on that Wednesday when they were in Bethany uh, with, um, with, with their friends. Well, on, th- on, on Thursday morning, they woke up, and Jesus had a meeting with a couple of his key disciples. He called Peter and John, who were more than just disciples to him. I think they were his, two of his closest friends. And he asked them to make some arrangements for them. Jesus said, uh, Peter, John, I'd like the two of you to go and prepare the Passover meal for us. Now, if Jesus had said that to me, I would have been off. Let's go. Jesus asked me to do something, I'm going to do it. But that's not what they did. Instead of leaving, they wanted more specifics about what was going on. So, Lord, where should we prepare it? Seems like a simple question, but my goodness, I probably wouldn't have asked that question. I would have done it where I thought we should have done it. I'll plan it, and Jesus doesn't need to worry about those details. I'll take care of that for him. They could have found a good place on their own, but they deferred to Jesus. See, too often we want to be the ones to decide what to do with our lives. Or else, if they didn't know where they were supposed to go, sometimes we're like, they're like, we are, we're afraid to ask questions because we might appear foolish. Well, I should probably already know that. No, they asked Jesus, where are we supposed to make these plans? Hey, Peter and John here at the very start of this event, they're demonstrating here that they're true servants of Jesus. They know that he's in charge of their lives and he knows what's best for them to do. So what follows, Jesus gives them a blow-by-blow account of all that they should do and what they're going to encounter. And when you read the scripture, when you you hear what Jesus tells them is going to happen, it's almost like a scene from a Hollywood movie where you have music and a voiceover, and, then, and then, then they show the action of what's happening. Jesus says, and you can hear the, the movie music playing, as soon as you enter Jerusalem, a man carrying a jug of water will meet you. Follow him. And when he enters a house, say to the homeowner, the teacher asks, where's the guest room where I can share the Passover meal with my disciples? He will take you to an upstairs to a large room that's already set up. That's the place. Go ahead and prepare the meal there. Doesn't that sound like a spy movie? It's so mysterious. No names are used. 
They're supposed to meet a mysterious man. We don't know who this is. And then follow this man to another man's house. And then they're supposed to give the homeowner a coded message. That's what it is. It's like a message in code. And then he leads them upstairs to a big room that's already set up for them. They don't even have to set it up. So verse 13 in our scripture says that Peter and John went to Jerusalem and found everything just as Jesus had said. Can you imagine the conversation that took place between these two, between Bethany and Jerusalem? They had no idea what was about to happen. They just had these very mysterious instructions from Jesus. So they get there. A man carrying a water jug meets them. They follow him to another man's house. They give the homeowner the coded message. He leads them upstairs to a room that's already set up for 13 people to eat. So Peter and John start preparing for supper. Pardon the informality of my language here, but this is just a cool story. This is just, this is amazing. Think about all of the strange things that are going on here. You see, first of all, back then, carrying a jug of water was not something any man would ever be seen doing. Women were the ones that transported water. Remember the woman at the well that Jesus meets? It wasn't a man at the well because it was the woman's job to collect the water. See, in that culture, men and women had very distinct roles. And carrying water was certainly not something that men normally did. So when Jesus says, when you get to the city gate, a man carrying a jug of water is going to meet you. It's like, what? That's weird. That just doesn't happen. Maybe that's why it was easy for Peter and John to spot him. He's the only guy carrying a jug of water. And then secondly, what makes this an unusual story, they're supposed to follow this mysterious water jug man into a house, but it wasn't the water man's house. It belonged to somebody else. And so even though Peter and John were trespassing into somebody's house... They were just to walk up to the homeowner and give him this message. The teacher asks, where's the room where I can share the Passover with my disciples? See, evidently, Jesus knew this homeowner. And from the context of the passage here, the disciples didn't know this guy. Which, if they're anything like I am, they may have been insulted. Wait, Jesus has been keeping secrets from us? You mean, he knows this guy and we don't? How could this happen? The disciples were with Jesus all the time. How could he have a relationship with somebody in Jerusalem that they didn't know about? And my goodness, Peter and John were his key leaders in this band of 12. Even they didn't know everything about Jesus. See, that's the way it is for us. When we live our lives for the one who's been given all authority in heaven and on earth, Jesus, there's things about God we're never going to know, at least on this side of heaven, that is. 
We'll never understand why God does the things he does. We're never going to know why things happen that we don't expect. God should always surprise us because we can't outsmart him. And we can't outplan him either. This is a planning type church. You all know that? We plan well in this church. But we can't outplan God. He's always a step ahead of us. But we do know that even though we don't have all the answers, God does. And he's always looking out for what's best for us. So finally, when Peter and John go upstairs, I'm sure they're really confused by this point, they find a large room already set up for Jesus and his disciples. This is where they would spend their final meal together. Did they know that? And they may not have known this, but the meal that they were preparing would be something that billions of people who lived after them would also prepare and share. This upper room that was already set up waiting for them may also be where the disciples hid on Saturday after Jesus' death when they were afraid and thought they were going to be arrested next. It may also be the same place where they experienced the Holy Spirit on Pentecost 40 days later. When Peter and John walked up to that room, they had no idea the significance of that place. But why all the secrecy in this story? No names, mysterious location. Why didn't Jesus just say, Yes, go to Bobby's house and just go upstairs. Why all the secrecy? See, right before our our passage in, in Luke 22, there's another passage. And we see Judas going to the religious leaders. And he's plotting a way to capture Jesus and arrest him when all the crowds weren't around. If Judas had known the name of the homeowner where they were going, the authorities could have been waiting to ambush Jesus in that upper room when they got there because it was away from the crowds. No one would have seen it. Jesus knew he was going to be arrested, but they had business to do in that upper room first. He didn't want to be arrested there. But I think... The the mystery of this story and all the secrecy and the coded language and everything, it may also be Jesus kind of testing Peter and John here, not testing about whether or not they knew how to follow directions, something deeper than that. Maybe checking to see if they really knew how to trust him. We've seen accounts in the Gospels in which Peter will just blurt out something or take matters into his own hands. Remember when Jesus told his disciples, he said, guys, we're going to Jerusalem. And when we get there, I'm going to be arrested and I'm going to be killed. But I'm going to be raised on the third day. Remember what Peter did? 
No way. We'll never let that happen to you. We'll protect you. We'll never let that happen. He didn't understand. It's one of those instances where just like a carpenter will measure twice and cut once, you should always think twice and speak once. Then there's that miracle on the mountaintop when Jesus' whole appearance changed. Remember that? We call that the transfiguration, a big churchy name. Jesus started to glow. Moses and Elijah appeared with him, and Peter, without even thinking, he just blurts out, this is awesome. Let's build a monument here so we can remember this. And it's one of my favorite verses in the gospel. A a voice from heaven basically says, for once in your life, can you just be quiet and listen to him? That's Peter. Loved to take matters into his own hands. Well, and then there's John too. Oh my goodness. Remember Jesus' nickname for John and his brother James? The sons of thunder. John's the guy who said, hey, Jesus, those people are opposing us. You want us to call down fire from heaven to torture them? See, everything about Jesus' life was building up to this moment in Jerusalem. And maybe, just maybe, Jesus wanted Peter and John to be sure that they knew how to trust him. So he didn't give them all the details in their mission to Jerusalem that day. Do you know how to trust Jesus with your life? When life seems like a mystery and you can't understand how the dots are connected from one event to the other, can you still trust God? When things don't turn out the way you expected them to turn out, do you still believe that God knows what he's doing? See, Jesus had all the plans for this Passover meal already made. The disciples didn't know what was going on. But Jesus had made all the arrangements. And if long as Jesus had a plan, that's all that mattered. Sometimes wonder why we feel like we need to know everything that God's doing. See, God is always working in our lives. Sometimes in ways that we can see him working. Sometimes in the background. When we can't perceive it. In the book of Esther, in the Bible, the name God is not even mentioned. There is no reference in that entire book in the Bible to God. Yet, when you read that book, you can see the hand of God moving all throughout it. Sometimes, like Jesus' plans for this Passover meal, he has everything in place, even though we don't think anything's been done, because we can't see it. When we can learn to allow God to handle the details of our lives, we can find peace because 
we're allowing God to be in control of our lives. I admit, type A personalities like mine are the toughest nuts for the Holy Spirit to crack. I admit it. Because we think that we know what's best for our lives and everybody else's life. Why are y'all nodding your heads like you? (laughs) See, Peter and John had to step out in faith when they left Bethany for Jerusalem. They had these mysterious details about what was going to happen, but they didn't understand what was going to happen. But when they found everything the way that Jesus had described it, they had an experience that they could share together for the rest of their lives. Think about years later, Peter, remember that when we walked to Jerusalem and how weird that was, that guy was carrying the jug and everybody was staring at him, what are you doing carrying the jug? They had this experience that they could share. And see, I think that in itself is another important lesson in this story. Remember how, how, how when we looked last week about how when you're, when you're looking at a passage in the Bible, see what's right before it and see what's after it. It puts it in context for us. And when we look at Luke 22, when it starts off with Judas and his plans to betray Jesus, that selfish act of Judas was done by Judas alone. He wasn't with anybody else. This obedient act of Peter and John was done in community. When we isolate ourselves from others, we can find ourselves walking down a dangerous path. Jesus didn't just send Peter to Jerusalem, He didn't just send John to Jerusalem, He sent them there together. Because the Christian faith is not an isolated faith. God created us to be in community with other people. Judas' betrayal of Jesus was a decision that he made on his own. He didn't consult the other disciples. Hey, I'm thinking about betraying Jesus. What do you think? He didn't talk to anybody. He made that decision on his own. Peter and John were obedient to Jesus by encouraging each other in these crazy, mysterious directions that Jesus gave them. Listen, when we try to get through any life struggle by ourselves, we're setting ourselves up for disaster. It's not going to end well. When we make big life decisions without consulting the people that know us and love us best, Chances are pretty high that we're going to make a bad decision just like Judas did. See, our faith in God must be personal, but it must also be in community with each other. Because sometimes in life, God is going to lead us down paths that seem confusing, and we're not going to understand what's going on. 
So we need other spirit-filled Christians in our lives to help keep us faithful. Whether it's in a worship service or a Sunday school class or a Bible study or a small group, we need other people in our lives. Judas tried to get through on his own. Let's not make that mistake. Let's open ourselves up to other people. Live life with them. That's the way God created us. Let's pray.